going? I'm Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and how the two go so well together. You see what happens when there's no headphones? Darn we it. talked about okay, this. man. But last time I was over here. <laughs> uh, find past episodes on the web all over the place. Apple Music, Spotify, the TuneIn Radio app, Stitcher, the Google Play Store. All of those places you can find it. Uh, on social media, at Rock and Vino. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, like and subscribe. And then there's new episodes every Tuesday and they go right to you. And it's super easy that way. Exactly. Hit that button. Exactly. And this week we take a trip down the Russian River to Russian River Vineyards. Right on. (laughs) uh, Gio Balistrieri is here, winemaker out at Russian River. Gio, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to meet you, Coco. Nice to meet you as well. Sounds fun. I like the show already. Thank you. We got some wine already. We're doing good. (laughs) Yep, we started off right. (laughs) Exactly. So just uh, tell us, you know, start off the Russian River Vineyard story. How'd, uh, how'd you find yourself out there? Yeah, long, uh, quick long could be, story could take forever, <laughs> but uh, I'll make it kind of short and sweet. Uh, I graduated high school in 1999 and planted uh, four acres of grapes with my dad. And the, when those grapes were harvested in 2004 was when I met the guy that taught me how to make wine, Anthony Austin. He bought all of my parents' fruit. And so as... 04 and 05 went by. He continued buying our fruit and making the wine. I was learning the process with him. He wanted to build a home for Sonoma Coast Vineyards, which was his brand at the time. And me and my dad thought, well, let's build a winery at our house. So I spent the better part of 06 and 07 getting permitting and getting everything ready. Um, I actually bought a 5,000 square foot building, had it on the ground. I had concrete ready to go in, well and septic, everything like ready to roll through the later part of 2007. And when the first quarter of 08 hit, everything got pulled out from under us. The mm. economy tanked and our financing got pulled and the, the project went just straight, put on the brakes and a halt. Um, so not knowing what to do, we met a real estate guy, or the guy we work with. Um, he listed our parents' property for sale, looking for investors. And we found a guy from the East Coast who's my partner now in Russian River Vineyards. We tried to make the Freestone property work and we couldn't. Just was too far out there, no traffic. Um, so him and I split up probably the <clears throat> beginning of July of 08 and August 15th, he gave me a call and he said, I found this place that was foreclosed called Russian River Vineyards. Come take a look. <clears throat> Drive out there that day. I wasn't doing very much at the time and check it out. And the place was a mess, just overgrown, a disaster, um, completely like shut down. But the bones and the structure and the character was all there. And that's what sold us. It, it was something that we basically had a a ball of clay or a template that we can make whatever we wanted um, into you know what we have today, and so we embarked on a you know what we met on the August fifteenth. We got the keys November first for it, and then uh, we worked under a lease agreement for the whole year. Getting through the foreclosure process was a nightmare, <laughs> um, but eventually uh, by November first of '09, we had the keys and it was it was ours officially. We signed the docs and we owned it and. Kind of just built up, built it up from the ground floor wow. and up, you know, starting with great wine and building a property where it's really cool to come chill, hang out and just, just listen and have, you know, listen to music, drink exactly. wine, have fun. That, that, <laughs> it's kind of just a party. It's what I want to do in my backyard is what our vision, what we created at Russian River Vineyard. So it's pretty cool. Nice. It's a really, really cool space, like place to go. Cause you guys have the gardens, right? And yep. like the chickens. Yep. And, um, what else? You, isn't like isn't it dog friendly there too? Dog friendly Which as well. So cool. Yeah, we've got different levels. We've got the main patio area with we actually bought an entire redwood tree. 
Wow. It was probably like 50 feet tall at when they shaved it down a little bit, but probably eight or nine feet in diameter. Uh-huh. And we cut it down, eh, not eight or nine, probably six feet in diameter, because we cut it down and we made all of our picnic tables out of there, How cool. out of one redwood tree. Wow. So we, we follow that sustainability mm-hmm. and sort of, sort of a path, and it was it actually, the tree fell in, up in Guerneville. Oh, wow. So it was a local tree that we <laughs> shaved into, I think we made it into 10 picnic tables. Wow, that's impressive. Which is cool. That is neat. Now, uh, before we started, you mentioned some of the history at Russian River. Uh, some people might remember Cork's restaurant out there, but um, you're still doing food. Uh, yes. what, what kinds of things can people find out there? If yeah, we do. The winery? We do food every day of the week. Um, I made a partnership with Maza Catering out of Hillsburg. Mm. Um, awesome husband and wife team. They run their catering company out of my kitchen, cool. and in exchange or in trade or however you want to say it, they make all of our food. So we do hummus boards, charcuterie boards, cheese boards. Um, we do live music and wood fired pizza. That Cephuan. Um, from Mazza does every Sunday. So it's super fun. We do host private dinners. Um, just Saturday, I had a graduation party for someone that graduated from UC Davis. So oh, nice. anything and everything we can do in uh, <laughs> an awesome, it's just an awesome setting. What's your max capacity there? 163. Awesome. Yeah, we okay. push the limits. Yeah, but, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that three in there. <laughs> yep. Yep. We use, I mean, we, we've got, we ran an event uh, this Sunday, it was uh, Grill One, or this Saturday, it was Grill 116 which is the Taste Route 116 wine group. Cool. It was a barbecue-focused event. And we ended up selling 282 tickets to the event. We saw about 190 people, 200 people throughout the day. So we had that going on. We had the private little graduation lunch and regular tasting. So you can get a sense of how large our property is and how many different spaces that we can operate all at the same time. And it went off pretty pretty darn smooth. That's very cool. No, you mentioned live music being a big part of the experience out there. What's the space like? I mean, what where do you have bands and artists playing? What's kind of the, the expectation when you head out there? Yeah, so right when you walk up the stairs, you see the giant, you see the giant redwood trees, um, usually greeted with a glass of wine. And then as you approach the tasting room area, we've got, for example, uh, this weekend for our summer celebration, Morris Legrand is one of our artists. He's playing jazz basically right when you walk in. It hits you right in the face, and he's just... A cool cat playing music on the guitar, keyboards, and having a good time. So it's we put the music right right in the front. It's nothing to where it's um, over, overpowering, overwhelming. Uh, we want just that little bit more than background music for people and the guests to enjoy as they you know sip on wine and, and really just relax mm-hmm. and get away from whatever they're dealing with in life or just having fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you have the the summer, you mentioned the, the summer celebration coming up this weekend. Uh, it, it sounds like you throw a lot of parties out there, but this one's like. The big party to go to yeah, for this, uh, this is Russian the, River events. This is the big one. We we haven't done uh, we've done smaller parties, but this is kind of a blowout three day. We're doing a three day event, a, a private party Saturday night or Friday night, and then the public party um, Saturday and Sunday. And basically, what we wanted to do was do something for the community, have some local bands, wine, food, and a good time, and, and really celebrate the summer and kick off what uh, what we hope to be is a great summer for tourism and Sonoma mm-hmm. County and everything else. And, you know, and it's right on the 4th of July weekend. So it's another reason to celebrate too. So it's, it's cool. It's Saturday from five to eight and then Sunday from three to six. The Saturday is sold out, but Sunday we do have some tickets available. Awesome. And they can get that at RussianRiverVineyards.com. Yep. RussianRiverVineyards.com. Go to our events tab. It's right there and then click the link and it'll take you right to the order tickets page. Beautiful. Now in terms of music, uh, who's going to be out there this weekend? We have... Morsa Grand playing smooth jazz. Uh, Jason Bodlovich 
on Saturday as well. And then we have Mac and Potter on Sunday. They're they're kind of the it's a they play music that everybody knows. Nice. It's, it's just it's not one genre. It's kind of a mix of everything, and everybody can dance to it. <laughs> um, and then we got Ricky Ray. Oh, Ricky Ray's great as well, and he's he's awesome. upbeat. He's pretty cool. He's fun. He he's on Sunday too. Oh, fun. So it's multiple people on Sunday, multiple performances? Multiple performances, yep. Oh, right on. Yeah, and two different areas. We've got our kind of our upper tasting room area and then our lower crush pads. We'll have music on both both areas so you can wander. The whole big thing about our property, since it's, it is so big, we want people to experience it, walk around, and they'll see different music as they mm-hmm. as they walk around. Very cool. I, I don't think I necessarily, necessarily knew quite the history behind Russian River Vineyards goes back to the late 1800s as a, as a property, then the, the vineyard itself founded in 1964, so wow. it goes back a long way out there. Yeah, the story was the um, the Russians settled in the Russian River Valley in the early 1800s, and uh, as time went on, the Italians came in and kind of forced, forced the Russians out, and so the history behind our property was Robert Lasden founded it in 1964, 63, right in that, mm-hmm. that uh, turn point. And he wanted to celebrate Russian heritage um, at the Russians that settled in Fort Ross. So he started, he named it after the Russian River um, itself. At the time, there was no Russian River vineyards or really that many wineries in the area. Um, So he just staked a claim on Russian River vineyards. It's been that since 1964. Um, And then the Topolos came in to further... Uh, celebrate the Russian heritage, they built the Hopkiln buildings, which are our iconic buildings in the background that are modeled after Fort Ross, which is where the Russians settled. So kind of cool little history on yeah. what's there. And the buildings are still standing. It's our indoor tasting room during the wintertime. And when it's super hot, it's our other indoor tasting room to get out of the away from the heat. Nice. And so right now you uh, poured us this beautiful Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Talk to us about this amazing. It's so um, crisp and clean. It's not like that, not a butter bomb at all. Nope. That's the key word, crisp and clean. I do Chard three ways. Yeah. Oaked, stainless steel, and oak, which I call a 50-50. And then this is a straight stainless steel fermentation. It never sees any oak whatsoever. So it's it's basically the Sauve Blanc lover Chardonnay. Totally. I oh mean, yeah. It, it gives you every feeling of Sauv Blanc, except the weight on the on the palate is Chardonnay. It's it's heavier. Um, super fun to make. It's that fruit bomb. It's not fruit. It's just tropical. Mm-hmm. It's so jump out of your glass. You know, sit by a pool and just definitely hang out and have a sip. Like a porch pounder. That, that's exactly <laughs> it. And I love that it's a screw cap. We were talking about that before. Yeah, screw nice. cap's the way to go. Makes it easy. Yep. It's. It's a fun. When you say porch pounder, and it goes <laughs> synonymous with screw cap. Uh huh. <laughs> now, what kind of food would you pair with this um, amazing Chardonnay? Because of that bright acidity in there, something fatty, mm-hmm. a fatty cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get away with it's, it's that it's that rich, fatty foods that this really cuts. It'll help cut that that richness in the in the food. So. What is that? Latour um, uh, Brie would be a oh, yeah. really awesome one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so cheeses that are super soft, triple cream okay. Brie's would be would be awesome. And then white wine. I mean, white fish. Mm-hmm. You know, with with well, like the lemon cream sauce would work oh, yeah. really well with it as well. Very nice. <clears throat> now you have been super involved with I mean, not just Russian River Vineyards, but 
kind of the whole Russian River winemaking area. I think, um, I don't know if you still are, but at one point you were uh, president of the um, Russian River winemakers. Uh, Russian River wine growers. Wine growers, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, so just how have you seen that whole area grow in general over the past 10 years? It's really, well, it is. It's been 11 years. Um, we When we got involved in the winery in 08, I joined the Russian River Valley Wine Growers Board. I believe it was beginning to mid part of 09. And I've been on the board ever since. So I'm going on, I think, 10, 10 years on the board or to just be just be 10 years and what's so cool that i've seen what hasn't changed about russian River valley and sonoma county is it's so community oriented mm-hmm. it's it's just really it's neat when i got on the board john boletta was on there lee martinelli was on there john holdridge these are all guys that are still doing what they're doing today and they're still supportive of the russian River valley so that really engaged me to see their involvement and wanted me to get involved um and it's just it's it's growing we've just watching Russian River Valley get put on the map and being just a key growing place for Pinot Noir. We're getting that message out and people are coming, people are traveling to the valley um, <clears throat> and, and exploring because there's so much, so it's so diverse. I think that's one word that sums up Russian River Valley is like the diversity, you know, mm-hmm. quality and diversity um, throughout, it, throughout it all, um, which is really, really neat. And yeah, just, just marketing the AVA was kind of my big thing on being the president for, I was the president for the last two years Wow. of it. And, you know, just watched it grow. We grew, increased membership. We increased um, revenue for the organization. We promoted tasting rooms, really grew and still growing the business. And there seems to be more tasting rooms like going out in that area too, which is nice. So there's more stops along the way. There's a lot of stops. Yeah. And, the, and the more and more that we promote, the more and more tasting rooms see or the, the need to open up a tasting room uh-huh. to promote your wines. And that's that's one thing that's really encouraging that you see more tasting rooms popping up. Well, we're doing the best we can to market yeah. market the area to drive traffic and tourism here to buy wine. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's what we're all in it for. <laughs> Get that wine sold. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Now, in terms of, uh, I mean, I'm sure you went through the floods of last year. Did I mean, How did that affect the area? Or, you know, have people... Have, is that still in people's minds visiting out there, or are you still trying to you know tell people, hey, we're open for business, come out, check us out? If, if it's not one thing, it's another. So what was <laughs> yeah. it, seventeen and eighteen? We had the fires, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that we're still not recovered from that. People mm-hmm. still think it's California is all burnt down and wine mm-hmm. country is non-existent. Um, so we're we're slowly building that back. The floods is a bit of an easier issue because most of the people understand that the plants were dormant when it was flooding. Um, so it didn't per se affect the quality or anything to do with the fruit. What it really did was physically break and damage the plants. If you look at a vineyard and it, you know, when it was flooding, it looks like a lake. You can just imagine everything's floating on top of it. Well, is that whatever's floating on top when the water recedes, it lands on the vines. Yeah. And I mean, I watched a probably 10 foot, five foot round stump of a tree float down over top of vineyards. And then when the water receded, it was laying across the across oh, the wire so i mean it just breaks everything <laughs> that's you know, they, crazy it's, it's nuts and it's, how do you recover from something like that it's just man hours yeah you literally just have to get chainsaws out for that example mm-hmm. get the tree out of there repair the wires um we put in a new vineyard uh at the property and we buried all of our irrigation line from the bottom of the property and ran it to the top of the property to um, feed the new pinot noir vineyard well as the flooding went on and the winter went on a little creek that runs through our property, it washed out. It used to be probably six feet wide. Mm-hmm. One area washed out to about 60 feet wide. Whoa. And exposed all of our irrigation lines. That's crazy. That were buried five feet in the ground. 
Wow. <laughs> I mean, there's just, you know, it, it, there was a lot of water everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's just my little scenario or story that I saw. Yeah. There's big ones out there. There are people, you know, vineyards end up just kind of washing away because of erosion and mm-hmm. so much water. It just, they wash. I can't believe how much water there was like this past time. Like that, it was just insane. Like even just driving by the rush, by the Russian river, um, itself, like how high that water got was just crazy. It was a lake. It literally was was like a lake. Yeah. I've been here my whole life and that's, this was the only time that I've seen the Laguna flood at Sebastopol, Mm -hmm. Guerneville road Mm -hmm. flood at the low spot there and also river road flood yeah. to where you just can't get through. <laughs> there was like islands. Yeah. <laughs> These towns that became islands. Wild. It was nuts. Wow. But it also shows the persistence of the community and how strong we are about like, you know, how resilient we are and mm-hmm. coming back and making it work. There's, it's huge. That's why I said community. So much support here. Yeah, it So is. much support. So amazing. Now, in terms of your winemaking background specifically, from all the different people we've had in, sometimes you get some really unique jobs of... You know, people were in completely different things, areas of work other than wine. It sounded like early on you knew you wanted to be in the wine business. Was that, uh, or involved in wine? Was that true for you? It is to an extent. I knew I was always going to be in agriculture or farming, that sort of genre or area or line of work. Mm -hmm. When what got me really going on the winemaking side is when we planted the first vineyard in 99. I liked getting my hands dirty. I liked. I like watching things grow. Um, you know, when you grow grapes, you can darn near grow anything. Um, and you just learn the process. And to me, it's just like, you know, good soil, good nutrients, and water them. And then you just let kind of the, let the plants do the work and you just maintain them the whole time. So during that process through 09 and then going to college at Cal Poly and then Fresno State, the, the wine started to, to click more. And the more I worked with Anthony um, after the 04 harvest, it was just him and I got along so well. It's like he wanted to teach me everything. Mm-hmm. And I just was a sponge and started learning it from there. And uh, really just built the winery, trying to build that winery in the beginning of the episode for uh, for him. And that's what I did 24 seven. That was like my, well, I didn't get paid to do it, but I was, mm-hmm. the end game was to build a winery for him and, and essentially do what I'm doing now. It just took a different path, you know, and I have a few more few more partners in this, this endeavor. But uh, yeah, I still got, got to the, outcome I wanted to. It was just a different different route. Exactly. Now, you just poured this uh, Pinot? I did. So, this is 2016 Bella Luna Pinot Noir. I, this got a double gold best of class at the, uh, last year's Harvest Fair. So, super cool. I've heard it was one wine away from winning the entire Harvest Fair. Wow. Really? From, wow. <laughs> what, what beat it out? Brian Maloney's um, Buena Vista Pinot Noir oh. at the under under sixty five dollar price price okay. point. Okay, so, this is delicious though. This is so. This good. is one of my favorite my favorite vineyards. Uh, we do one thing that I do that I think sets sets me apart. I know a lot of other guys do it, but I don't do any blending. So when you taste this Bella Luna vineyard, it's a one acre vineyard off Olivet Road. Oh, nice. Ken and Susan Churchill own it. I buy the fruit and make the wine and put their vineyard's name on it. So there is no little bit of this vineyard or a little bit of that vineyard in it. It's it's really one vineyard, one wine uh, mentality. I did do a cuvee just to see, try something out in 17. So it's a blend of all my single vineyard wines. Oh, that's cool. Put together. So so it's 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 really, it's really neat. You, 
I would say I use an, an earth to glass model mm-hmm. and it's really terroir driven wines. So I look for these sites that are totally different. Like for example, the Bella Luna vineyard is on Olivet Road, probably my warmest Pinot Noir site where you get a big, rich, ripe, almost chocolatey mm. um, flavors in there mm-hmm. to the polar opposite of my Freestone vineyards or Balistrieri vineyard where it's cool, lean, uh, blueberry and like dark fruit. It's not jammy whatsoever. It's real um, acid driven. So it's that's that terroir thing that I talk about. And I do something pretty much from eight, nine different vineyards in between the farthest east being Bella Luna and the farthest west being Freestone. And they're all every wine you can line up to nine different wines and they all have a similar style but taste completely different. Wow. And that's the key. That's what I like seeing people's reaction was like, wow, they're all great, but I like this one because it's fruitier, or I like this one because it's leaner, or I like this one because it's just so much so softer. And, it's, and is that driven by the winemaking style or where you're sourcing the grapes from or a little bit of both? It's majority sourcing the grapes. Okay. It's all the terroir, the climate, the dirt, the sun, um, how we manage the canopy, how we drop fruit, how we what we use to how we irrigate it every little factor but winemaking is the same every every pinot gets a seven to ten day cold soak it goes through a 10 to 14 day fermentation with punch downs twice a day then i press it off they all go dry and they age pretty much the same time between 12 and 16 months in the in the barrel and i bottle them and it's it's really to me an old world style where it's very low inputs and low impact what kind of oak do you use on that this particular one is about 45% new French oak. Okay. It's a blend of Mercury, Bel Air, and Sarug mm, okay. barrels. And it's only French oak on Pinot Noir. American would kill it. You'd just be mm-hmm. tasting campfire wood. <laughs> yeah, this is a really, really nice, smooth, but like earthy Pinot. And you, I'm an acid-driven winemaker. I love acid. Acid's my friend. Mm-hmm. Um if you get the right balance, the acid helps the wine and it bring it, it elevates different flavors. It makes you want another sip, and then it pairs so well with food. Yeah. yeah and so what would you pair with this? Lamb, duck. Mm-hmm. I okay. mean, straight up your standards. Yeah. Even salmon, pizza goes mm-hmm. great with this. Mm-hmm. Um, lightly barbecued stuff. It's 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 not a light pinot, but it's not an aggressive pinot. It's just yeah. a nice balanced. It's cool, really lovely. Easy drinking pinot. And I noticed on your site that you have three different collections of your wines. You have the winemaker's collection, the estate grown, and the terroir collection. Um, can you explain a little bit about each of those collections? Yeah, so the white winemaker's collection is kind of, is my, your everyday wine, so to speak. It's our Gewürztraminer, it's our stainless steel Sauve Blanc. I do a Beaujolais style Pinot Noir, which is just light, fresh, young. We serve it chilled. It's awesome. So. They're still serious wines, but there's some playfulness to them mm-hmm. and uh, approachability. Mm-hmm. The terroir series is kind of a little bit what I was talking about, that terroir-driven wine. So it's, they're, to me, more my more serious wines. <clears throat> I, those are the ones where I look for specific sites, and I know the growing conditions. I um, pick the certain vineyards because of how they're planted, who farms there, who farms them, what clones they are. And then I do the same winemaking, like I said earlier, same style, but you taste the, you literally taste the dirt. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the grapes um, so different. And then the estate collection is the estate vineyards that we own. Our Forestville property, I've got a Freestone property, that the one that we planted, or I planted um, in 99. And then the Anthony, who I learned to make wine from, he's got his two-acre 
vineyard at the top of um, Olive or all Occidental Road at Friday Lane. Oh, cool! And it's a really cool eight two eight seven seven seven, and I think one one four and one one five clones in that uh, Pinot Noir vineyard. So awesome. it's ones that we own or control, mm-hmm. and that sets them sets them apart. The estate collection definitely is ages close to 20 to 22 months in the barrel they're just because of the location where they're grown at they're bigger they're not bolder they're just more complex wines okay which is really really neat and then low production we do about 150 cases of the estate stuff whereas the um, single vineyard wines are about 250 to 300 and then the the shard for example was 650 cases wow of the stainless steel so everything's pretty small lot there's nothing really really big big lot production yeah, but it's just cool. It allows me to arrange the wines in different kind of tiers mm-hmm. and then gives gives us different labels that are cool. That's super fun. Yeah. I love it. Now, in terms of finding your wines, uh, are you mainly driving people toward the wine club or it's retail, restaurants? Where where do you send people generally? We are direct to consumer. So at the tasting room only, um, in our wine club only or online. Um, I am interested in breaking out into restaurants and some retail uh, distribution. Uh, that's kind of my plan going on the later part of this year and beginning of 2020. Um, do a little bit of distribution, but yeah, we'll really want to pick where it goes. Um, and the thing about the being direct consumer, you get people on the property. Once I get them on the property, they fall in love. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing. So I, I really like that. And they tell their friends how good of an experience they had and they come back. That's what's pretty neat. It is such an amazing experience there. Every time I've been there, I've been there quite a few times, even back when you had the restaurant. I think a couple of my girlfriends and I, we all have our birthdays in October, so we went out there for all of our birthdays. Uh And it was just so amazing. And then um, just, I don't know, just stopped in on the weekend once and um, saw your little kitty cat. You guys have, do you still have that cat? Truffles? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So cute. And that made me very happy because I love cats. I'm like, oh my God. Wine, food, and cats. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, truffles is like a dog. <laughs> yeah, she's a cute little, little. it's a girl? He. He, okay. He. Super cute. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's such an amazing experience that I highly recommend like anybody, like, go check it out. It is fun. I'm there pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. My partner, Chris, is there every day. And it, it's kind of what's different. I had at the last, what was it, last event we had on Saturday, a number of people actually thanked me and was like, you know, this is one of the only places that we've been to where I actually got to meet the winemaker and the owner here. And they really appreciate I mean, they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it's fun that we're here to build build a business and take care of our guests. Yeah. That's what hospitality is, and that's what Russian River, you know, is and what it's going to be. Now, do you offer different tasting flights there? We do. We have, we offer an array of things. We have our heritage tasting, which is um, standing or seated. Mm-hmm. Um, what's cool, when I've talked about the... Um, picnic tables in the in the tree um, that we had to build them all. All those are our seated areas for tasting. So our our wine stewards they come to you and explain the wines, pour the wines, and then spend as much time with you or as little time as you want. And they go to other tables. So it's really a seated experience that we guide you through kind of the Russian River Valley and our wines. We offer a wine social. So that's parties of seven or more, mm. and you can literally pick for seven people. I believe you get three to four bottles of wine. Um, we reserve a picnic table for you. Um, you can order food and snacks as cool. well, but it's kind of just a little social party. I love that. Uh, Where you know some people want to have just drink their wine and hang out. We offer that. We do a large party tasting. 
which is just like the heritage tasting, but for seven or more people. Mm -hmm. So if they're serious wine people want to learn about everything, we'll do a large party tasting mm -hmm. um, too. And then we do the private dinners and winemaker dinners. Uh, starting the second week of July, we're doing food and wine pairings again. Very cool. So I've developed a super cool four-course menu paired with unreleased and library wines. Um, and it's in a private little dine or little private dining area with the best view of the vineyards and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And it's been, it was a huge, huge hit last year. And we're just, we're excited to bring it back. That is exciting. Yeah, and the, when, um, like kind of, do you know the cost of that and like what the, what the max guest count is? So yeah, how so the, is it? So it's going to start the second week of July. Uh, that's Friday or Saturday. And it's a four course. It's $65 per person. You know, I don't, that's a good question about how, what the max is. I don't think we have a max. Great. You, you want to do one for 10 people? We'll do it for 10 people. Oh, awesome. You know, once we get over the 15, it turns into a little bit of a party and we'll, you know, take care of the party in a different, a different way. But yeah, I don't really say no that much. So, Very you know, cool. if we want it for one person, we can make it for one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. My own personal yeah. I want two experience. Okay. <laughs> All the attention. Now, we do, obviously, this show is not only music, uh, not only wine, but music mm -hmm. as well. So, when we have winemakers and we like to, to press them a little bit, what is on Gio's playlist? Is, is music a big big part of your life? Are you into it? What, what, what are you listening to? It is. We were at Country Summer on Saturday. Hey. How fun. And uh, <laughs> believe it or not, the promoters and the investors and the music booker, the guy that booked all the music, came to the winery that following Monday. Oh, wow. So they were out there 4 o'clock on Friday, and I pretty much sat <laughs> from 4 to 6.30 drinking wine with them until they uh, had their dinner at Peter Lowell's in Sebastopol. Wow. <laughs> so country music is, is a big, big part. Um, I like the upbeat country. I like Hank Williams Jr. I actually was listening to him this over this weekend. Just I like his just old school, um, old school country. I was raised on that. Born to Boogie was a song that, that we had. Um, yeah, so most mostly country music. Um, I would say I like I like a little bit of West Coast rap. Nice. I, I grew up on that. You know, Mac Dre when he was around, and uh -huh. <laughs> all those guys are. I, I still listen to them a lot. Is that what people can hear you bumping when they roll up and you're like working in the in the tank room or whatever? <laughs> They're like, "What? What is that? Yeah. Well, who is that? Who is that?" Yeah, it's on. Nice. <laughs> One or the other will be on. I love but that. What's funny about Country Summer specifically is I've heard that a lot of these guys that come play are so interested in wine, mm -hmm. and I mean, they are playing maybe an hour, or ninety minutes a day, so the rest of the day they have free. So I think a lot of them are like, well, where do we go now? And are looking for, you know, recommendations on wine and wineries and just sort of go exploring. So it's, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, I've got some cards up my sleeve <laughs> making the contacts that I did with the with these guys that put on the concert and, Definitely. you know, get involved and just, you know, whether it be a uh, some sort of giveaway or a, what do you call it, swag bag mm -hmm. for them with tasting passes or a bottle of wine just to check me out and, and get out to see the property. But that's in the cards. They've already asked for it, so... Nice. That's <laughs> good way to get in. <laughs> yeah. uh, for looking ahead to kind of the rest of summer, any other events coming up? Any things to look out for at the winery that uh, that people should know about? Uh, the biggest thing, we're going on the road a lot. I'm going to be mm. in Santa Barbara at the California Food and Wine Vest Festival the third week of July. Uh, I'll be in Orange County at a country club event the following week, the last week of July. 
Um, and then pretty much, given the weather, harvest is going to start around end of August, probably first week of September. Mm-hmm. As things heat up now, it's going to speed things along. Um, we're going to do a few harvest celebration parties. Fun. Probably the last three weekends in September, first weekend of October um, as well. So that will get some information out on that. Um, and really, it's just the live music on Sundays and throwing that pizza party for the locals is a big one of our big just staple events. And then having regular tasting and just different experiences. We're going to do more some winemaker tours and different different things like that that people can come out, come out and check out. So, yeah, the summer celebration is the big the big thing we're pushing right now. Nice. And then the wine and pizza thing, that's only on Sundays? It's only on Sundays. Every Sunday? Every Sunday. For certain months? Uh, when the weather's nice. So it cool. usually <laughs> ends the third week of October. Yeah. Maybe the last week of October. Um, but it's from one to four. Perfect. Yep, every Sunday. So go check and the that pizzas out. are killer. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I had one yesterday. <laughs> Do they offer different types of pizza? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, but is it like a big variety or is it like three different choices? Uh, we had two, two to choose from yesterday. Awesome. Always a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And then there's always some sort of meat. Awesome. Meat, yeah. It was cool. The classic margarita yesterday with basil. Oh, yeah. And fresh mozzarella. And mm. then we had a, um, I think it was the Four Fathers or something like that. It was mm-hmm. like four different types of Italian meats. Oh, wow. On the pizza with some mushrooms. Do they use um, any of the produce from your gardens? We use the basil. We use most of the topping garnishes mm-hmm. from the garden that we use for the pizzas. That's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Well, it's RussianRiverVineyards.com to find out more information and the summer celebration coming up this weekend. Don't go Saturday because it's sold out and you can't get in. <laughs> so head out there Sunday. Lots of live music. It's great food, great wine. Lots of stuff to check out. Excellent. And we have one more wine. Did you want to oh. talk about that wine? Yeah. Since you opened it? I opened it. Might Let's try it. 2015 Landy Vineyards at Sweetwater Springs Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, wow. Juicy. Yeah, this is a fun, really fun wine. Big. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say super bold. It's more feminine and elegant and, um, and just Cabernet. What makes this one so special is the elevation at the vineyard. It sits at 1,200 feet, um, top of Sweetwater Springs Mountain. Um, in the, I believe it's that that's actually located in Hillsburg. Um, it faces due south. So as the sun rotates around it, it's basically getting belted by the sun the whole time the sun's the sun's shining. Um, it sits on rocky volcanic soils, which is another thing. Uh, makes the roots dig real deep for its nutrients, throws some really nice minerality into the wine. The berry size is tiny. So there's a lot of, we pick a lot of fruit, but there's tiny berries. So um, the production, the yields aren't that big, but I think that aids into the complexity and the concentration mm-hmm. into the wine. Yeah, this is nice. And it has some nice tannins to it, but nothing like, not too much where I'm overwhelmed by it. Balance is, is like, so nice. balance and acid are my middle names. I love the balance in, in the wines. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was tasting some this morning, and it's like, when you have too much front-end tannin, you need something to chase it with or eat or calm, calm those tannins down. Yeah. And the, my always my challenge and my goal is to get something that's just super smooth and balanced. And now, what would you pair with this wine? This, get in the ribeye. Get in the filet mignon. Um, get in the braised short ribs. Get into your big, big meats. Get a cigar. For real. And chill yeah. with a cigar and, <laughs> and call it a night. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's your end of end of the night wine. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and it's just it's still approachable. It's it's it is it's, it's balanced. It's it's my I have a style that's more feminine. I would say they're more soft. They're more elegant. They're um, complex and and very stylish. Now, one question that I do like to ask everybody that comes on the show is: Now, if on your on a good day you go home and you have a perfect pairing of wine, music, and food, what would that be? What would that be? Probably be. Well, I've been doing grilled salmon lately. Nice. So I would do grilled salmon, Beaujolais, Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. and probably Tim McGraw, Faith <laughs> yeah. Hill, something like that in the uh-huh. background. Awesome. Sounds like a fun yeah. night. Yeah. Yep. Outside on the patio. Uh-huh. <laughs> flip-flops. Shoot, flip-flops. <laughs> Kenny Chesney. And oh, a, there and you a tank go. top. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yep. I think of... Uh, of all the different winemakers we had in, I think Gio may get the award for pairings. I'm, I agree. I'm starving after this show. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that sounds like a good pairing for sure. Well, it's crazy. My wife, she used to cook. We've been together, I think, for seven years, and she cooked all the time. When she met me, her cooking stopped. Oh. I mean, I cook. She's a vegetarian, and I'm not. So we, <laughs> we essentially have two different meals every single night. Oh. And... You know, when we don't go out, we cook at home. And, mm-hmm. you know, one challenge that I always have is I do feel like I'm a pretty darn good cook. And going out, it's like we go to good places and special mm-hmm. places. And so, it, you know, sometimes it's better to eat at home. For sure. You know? Yeah. Well, and you know the quality that you're getting at home. You know what you're eating. Exactly. I so, buy it. I pick it out at Oliver's. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the drill. And that's what, you know, that's mm-hmm. why I like, I love pairings because I do it at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Excellent. It's as we, like we mentioned, a lot of great wines to check out. Some great events. Some so much to do. So much to see at Russian River Vineyards. And uh, yeah, go say hi to Truffles. Go say hi to Truffles. <laughs> if nothing else, go say hi to Truffles. He'll be waiting. Rub his belly. <laughs> Excellent, Geo Balistrieri, Russian River Vineyards. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks you guys. Loved yeah, it. thank you so much. And don't forget to check us out at rockandvino.com and like and subscribe. R O C K N V I N O dot com.